Rabbi Sai, good evening. <clears throat> this recording is not an Erev Shabbos podcast, but we'll call it a special podcast, which is taking place in the middle of the Mohama, which, as we know, has taken a horrific toll on so many members of Yisrael. And the only way to describe it is Sarahiliakov. It's a time of Sarah of sorrow of difficulties for Klal Yisrael. And usually we try to speak about the positive, and we are definitely going to speak about the positive as well. But it's incumbent upon us, and I feel it's important that I want to speak to, specifically to the B'nai Torah, who usually they are completely, completely only involved in the world of Torah. And now all of them are also being thrust into this um, war zone like everyone else. And the question is, how do B'nai Torah look at their role and what their job is? For sure, there's so many things that people are doing and tremendous amount of and people are coming from America, and the funds that are being sent and the mitzvahs and the and It's really, really amazing, amazing, amazing. But B'nai Torah who are sitting and learning in yeshivas, so what is their role, and what is their true outlook, their hashkafa, on their relationship to both the chayalim, the army that are fighting the battle, and uh, is this something that needs uh, that needs this is something that needs to be fleshed out? I spoke to a particular um, Talmud Chacham who's involved with the yeshiva, and he was telling me that. And there's a major problem that some of the married wives are having difficulties because of the, all the stress, and some of them want to go back to America. And and um, the younger light, you know, some of them, you know, they feel stressed out as well, but they want to stay in Eretz Yisrael, they want to be in the yeshiva because of the learning. And the dynamics of dealing with, um, I would say, the American yeshiva student and the kolol, couples here in Eretz Yisrael. And, and initially there were those people that didn't come back after Sukkot, yeshivas were set up in America. Now most of the yeshivas have all said that they have to come back and the yeshivas have come back. Yushalayim, you know, people feel relatively safe. There hasn't been any missiles that have actually landed in Yushalayim, even though we've had sirens. And it's almost like, okay, you know, there's a war going on, but as long as we can continue to learn, which is the most important thing, and uh, there's food, and there's <clears throat> and there's even the restaurants are open, okay, it's not the same amount of people that are usually here, but, you know, I'll say it this way, to a certain extent, it's Shalom Alech Nafshi. And there are very, very few people who truly understand what is there, what is that shkof of the Torah in such a situation, in a war, here in Eretz Yisrael, where it's always being attacked, has been attacked. And not only for B'nai Torah, but for everybody. You know, we take a look, and there's so much, um, there's so much unsureness about really what direction to go. The anti-Semitism that is raising its ugly head. The chayalim the, the, the that are in the front the horrific, horrific toll that has taken upon so many and so many families, the ones that lost their most dearest and most cherished in such a, uh, a massacre. 
no, no other way to describe it, a massacre of, of tremendous proportions. Then when you think about the amount of people that are homeless, the Israelis that are homeless, and to be, you know, people that lost their homes in the horrific attack in the South, and those people that have had to evacuate their homes, both in the South and in the North. Someone told me that there's literally close to 200,000 people that are that are not simply sleeping at home. There are missiles that are being fought, that are being fired from the north, and uh, people don't realize that there's there's a war that's going on. So we try to uh, to continue our activities as best as we can. We try to continue our day as best as we can. We try to go to Dab, we try to go to learn. Mahu what does the Ben Torah have to feel at this time? So I can only try to give over what I saw from my Rabbi and my Rosh Hashivas, and what I saw from other Rosh Hashivas, from G'dayli Olam, about how they felt about this particular time. Rosh Hashiva Chaim Shalevitz in the Yom Kippur War spoke profusely about Achenu Beis Yisrael Hanesunim Batzara Bashivya, and he beseeched everyone to raise up their level of mishtatif and the tzar shel to feel the pain and the suffering that's going on. And I think that today, if we do not make that a major part of what we are feeling, that we are mishtatif in the tzar shel and what does it mean to be mishtatif in the tzar shel Not just lip service, but actually feel the pain and activate certain things, certain ideas that will help us to be able to truly show that we're being mishtatif in the tsar shel For sure, there's so many things that are going on to help the chayalim, and those things are important. And one should not belittle anything, any efforts that's being done to, 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 to do chesed and kindness. Those things are gewaldic, and the chizuk and amuna and bitochen, and the and the fact that the country has achdus, and the fact that the army is moving forward, but the mishtatif b'tzar I feel that's lacking. And you know, I go to shul, and for sure, the shuls that we go to, <clears throat> yeshiv in the morning, we say tilim after davening. But you know, it's hard to continue to have a aliyah in our davening. And how do we? How does someone really? Uh, impress upon himself how important his davening is. And you go to the shuls, and again, there's certain, certain shuls I know that they're very, very makbid to make sure that they say tilim after davening. You know, the certain shuls here in Harnov, they say tilim on Shabbos. And we say achenu beis Yisrael. And I know some shuls are even saying avinu malkenu, which is brought down that one should do. My Rebbe Rebbe Shmulevitz in the Mir Yeshiva, which I went to, 50 years ago when the Yom Kippur War broke out and in our day there were certain Avreichim in the yeshiva that came from Hezder yeshivas that they had become it's called Mitchareid and they were learning about Rab and the war broke out they were taken some of them were tankists they were taken to the front lines in the in the Golan and I remember two Talmidim of the yeshiva that were killed in battle and Reb Chaim Shmulevitz was masbid and gave Hespedim and at one of the Hespedim Reb Chaim who was known to be a tremendous Balregish, he just started the Hesped by crying, crying cries of, of, of complete, complete loss and sorrow. 
And then after doing this for a bit, he caught himself, he began to speak, and then he started crying again. This happened not once, not twice, not three, but four or five times. And I saw that Yitzchak Ezrachi Shlita Shabiga Zutenstark, the brother of Baruch Motcha, said over that the Bnei Beis asked Reb Chaim, why did he, he cried and he cried and he cried, just he just couldn't control his emotions. And Reb Chaim said, no. The first time he cried was because the loss of this Yid. Every single Yid is so... Is, is a world of We say, if, you're, if you save a nefesh, it's as if you, you save the entire world. And if a person is lost, a Yiddish in the Shomba is lost, it's the world is nechrav. So this person that passed away, I cried for him. And then I controlled myself. But then I thought about his wife and his children. He had a little child or two children. And I thought of the tsar of his wife and I started crying again for the loss that she's feeling. And then and his and his children are feeling or going to feel. And then I controlled myself. But then I couldn't stop crying because I thought about the parents, the father and the mother, the sisters and the brothers, what they were feeling. That their loss. And I want to be Mishnatif in their tsar. And then I cried for them, and then I controlled myself. But then I thought about not only the family, but the kravim, the, mishpo, the the friends, the neighbors, everyone that knew this family, they also have tsar. And Reb Chaim began to cry again and again. This was a dogma. This is a dogma of what the Rosh Hashiva taught us about being mishtatif, to actually contemplate and to cry into what's called mitfil with the tsar of the tzibur. And only one that's, that is mishnatif and tsar shalat tzibur, as we know, will be zoicha to get the nacham of the tzibur. And if we're not mishnatif and the tsar shal tzibur, then chas we're being derelict in our duties. Rav Shach Zetzal in the first Lebanon war, he was already a zakin muflag, he's still in the yeshiva. He was speaking and learning to the Talmidim. And all of a sudden, in the middle of speaking and learning to the Talmidim, all of a sudden he gave out a krechs. And he says, Ma'yeh, Ma'yeh, what's going to be, what's going to be? There's so many y- Yidin, so many Yiddish people, the soldiers that are dying every day, there's Korbanus. And he turned to the young boys in Panovich and he said, you look at them as being chayalim, chayalim are strong, fighting soldiers. He says, but who are they? The young people. Each one of them has a father and a mother. Each father and mother is is, 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 is thinking about every single second of the day, what's with my child? What's with my child that's in the front? He's waiting for him to come home. Oi, my year. This was Rav Shach's being mishtatif in the Tzairish al thinking and contemplating and emphasizing and and not controlling himself. Rav Shagashtayim and Shlita, the son of Rav Aaron Leib, said that during the Six-Day War, he remembers that he came home one night and he saw that his father was sleeping on the floor, would not allow, not, not allow himself to sleep on the bed. And he asked his father, what, what, what's the pshat? He says, how can a person sleep on the floor when when Jewish 
children are dying, the Malachamavas is being mistaken. The Iron Lake felt every single soldier is another Jewish child. And how can I have a comfortable night's sleep? The Chafetz Chaim in World War One, his wife woke up middle of the night, in the middle of the night, however long the Chafetz Chaim slept, he already was a zakin. He wasn't in bed, and she went looking for him, and she found him sitting on a on a little stool, and he had his head behind his, he had his hands behind his head, and the Chafetz Chaim said, "Achenu beis Yisrael." There's so many thousands, World War One, so many thousands of Jews, hundreds of thousands of Jews that are homeless, not not being able to live in their homes, they're starving. Their children are sitting in in, 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 in bunkers in the chazit of the Milchama, and the mothers is in the streets. How could I sleep, sleep, sleep a sweet sleep on my bed with Benucha? Rabbi said, what can we say about today? There's a, there's there's a few hundred thousand people are homeless, not not the not the Hamas snickers, not the ones that are hiding behind their 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 their, their so called brethren, our brethren, can't sleep, they can't eat, they don't have. I see here in Harnov families that they're not normally here, people are taking them in, but they're not sleeping at home, and how many people have lost loved ones? How many people are thinking about their children that are in the that are in the that are in the front lines? And Rabbi said, if we think that this war, oh, you know, Sahal's taking care of it, everything's all right, we have everything under control. Rabbi said, the only thing we have under control is, is that we know now that we're not under control. And the only one that's in charge is the Rabbi Shalom, for sure, we have to do the Shtadlis. But who is the one who's really watching over? It's only the Rabbi Shalom. But we have to be Mishtatif. The Mashkiach von Slabotki Yeshiva today, Rabbi Avram Polak, wrote a letter to Bachram. And he said, today's situation where there's a Muhammad, Rabbi, it's Muhammad. He mentioned a letter from the Chazanish. The Chazanish wrote to somebody in a similar situation. He said, You're missing Hishtatvis Bitzar Shalazulat. You do not have compassion for your fellow Jew. If a person's missing it, then it's a lack. It not only been it's a lack in his whole association with the with the Jewish people. You're not part of the Jewish people. You don't feel their pain and suffering. For sure, we all would like to believe that Mashiach is coming, and we hope and pray Mashiach is coming. But right now, Rabbi Say, a Sarahiliakov. So what are we supposed to feel now? We're supposed to feel now on one hand we have to daven that the Rabbanishum should send Mashiach. But right now we have to be Mishtatif, the Tsar and the Chazanish said, what's an Eitzah for a person to be mishtatif is to do good things for others. To try to emphasize whatever you can do to be mechazik another yid. The Maisa will be put on the life. And to daven for the Tzara Zulos. Rabbi said, think about that. To daven. Our davening has to become a different davening. A davening which literally we should be unconsolable we should be uncontrollable. I know myself, I try to be Moira. I'm just speaking about myself, little little me. Everyone try to be Moira. And if a person doesn't contemplate to say the words in davening and to have more feeling in the davening and to speak about to kabbashoy for God, to daven for the shvuyim, to daven for the chayalim, to daven for the people that have lost their loved ones. 
to be mishtatif in the tzar, and that the Rabbanu should be merachim on us, to be mechazik in the tefillah, to be mechazik in the benod mechaveira, for sure to be mechazik in bitochen and Hashem, to recognize that Kaddish Baruch Hu is with us, to have a sense of responsibility for the Jewish people. And this, I think, is incumbent upon B'nai Torah to understand that everyone has a responsibility for another Yid. This is Yiddish blood, all the good island. doesn't make a difference, so-called. Some people have this attitude that that's considered Tziyayni, Abayzai, every single Yid that's fighting for us to be able to be here in this land is a holy warrior. As my Rebbe Chaim Shalom says, there's no one that can stand up in their, in their place. And we also have to recognize the next thing. The next thing is that we have the power of tefillah. Yaakov Avinu said that he conquered Hebron Becharvi Ubekashti with my sword and my my arrow. What was that? And Rashi says, Bitsulusi Ubuusi with my tefillahs, the Rabbanu Shalom's tefillahs, Yaakov Avinu said, with Tzulusi Be'usi, the Mephor Shalom said, there's two different types of, there's something which is like a cherev, something which is like a keshet, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's the, 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 Meir Simcha says it, I think the Briskarov says it, that sometimes the sword cuts on its own, but the Bakash, the Bikashti, is a, a deep felt sense of really pouring out one's heart and to say with all of her might, to really, really believe. I heard that in a certain very, very firm community, I don't want to say where it is, Tir and Eretz Yisrael, very firm community. And there are a lot of Kanoim, unfortunately. And they have this attitude towards the Zionist regime, which is not the attitude that Ira Bayim taught us. And a chayal came to Davin in a, in a certain shtibel minion over there. And all of a sudden it became a whole turmoil. Now, now, now. And I heard that there was literally two different camps. And I heard the Rav of this shul, who's not considered uh, normally to be considered a, a, a tziyayni. He said that anyone that touches and says anything against the chayal... Anyone that, and anyone that, that stands up for the chayal, he has a chayalk and olam haba. Because we have to understand what is our role right now. Our role right now is to be mechazik all of the chayalim. I saw a marshal that a yid said that when he was younger, he used to have a certain toy. I never had that toy, but I, heard, I, I think my, my children had it. And it was like a fireman. And he had, you know, they can have this electric, like, it uh, looks like a fire that's coming out. You shoot it, and it comes out like a fire. It's really just electricity, whatever it is. And when you push, press the button, all of a sudden, like fire, like, like you know, comes out of it. But the truth is, we have not toys. We have true weapons. What's our true weapons? Our weapons are the Torah. Arba Ovis Nezikin Hashor Vabor Vamava Hever. I said this week, we learned about Nazikim, we have to know that in Azza there's, there's, there's Mazikim, all of them, Shor, Bor, Mav, and Hever all together. And what, we, what is incumbent upon us? It's incumbent upon us, Shmiros Nolecha. We have to go and we have to destroy them. How do we destroy them? 
How do we shoot that fire from the fireman? By learning Arbavis Nazikin. Arbavis Nazikin is a tank, and we can shoot a pagaz, we can shoot a missile. And when we come to the base medrash, we have to realize that every single word of Torah that we learn is creating a defense and a creating a force that's helping to defend the Jewish people. There are two sets of chayalim that are going into battle. They're the ones that are doing the physical battle that they need. We have to be makotov to them. But we also have to be makotov to the iron dome of the B'nai Torah and the yeshivas that are sitting and learning about smada. And they recognize that their hasmada, their learning of Arashba, their learning Adafayaymi, their davening Betzibur and asking for the Rabbanism to have Rachmanas, that that is considered a pagaz, that's considered the tremendous Shmira. And I heard from Abshol Alter, Abshol Alter spoke in Lakewood, and he said that the truth is, is that the Torah is mugging from around the world. And the Torah that's being learned, not only here in Eretz Yisrael, but the Torah that's being learned in Lakewood and in Farakaway and in Baltimore and every place where there's a Makam Torah, that in itself is able to become Malachim Lamala. The Rabbanu Shalom sees it and the Rabbanu Shalom is expecting us to take this seriously, to be Mishtatif in the Maracha, how we Mishtatif in the Maracha through our Torah and through our Tefillah. And if we don't believe truly that our Torah is being mugging and we slack off, so then we ourselves are not doing our role. But if we if we take a feel that, no, I get into the base Medrash and I don't waste time and I learn from nine until one o'clock as best as I can. And if I don't speak Dvarim B'Telem and I try myself to be Chadish as best as I can, try to Chazer as best as I can. And then when it comes time for tefillah, I pour out a heartfelt tefillah. And I try to really emphasize and to feel the words, and to really feel about what's going on with the hostages, and to feel that those children and those grandmothers, they need to be taken out. And the only one that can take them out is the Rabbani Shlom, who will help those that are being mishtadl to be successful. We know the Gemara says in Brachas, that anyone that says emes v'yatsiv in the daytime, emes v'amuna at night, is nitzel. It's a tremendous salvation. And I heard that Rapshol Alta said that Rashi himself says, you take a look at the nusuch, you see the nusuch of emes v'yatsiv in the morning and emes v'amuna at night is two different nuschais. The emes v'amuna is like it says, is at night time we speak about we speak about the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu saves us from all of the enemies. In the daytime, before we speak about Emes Vyatsu, we're speaking about what happened, Ezra Savisenu, which is speaking about Nimitzrayim Galtanu, Besavodu, Pedisanu. The, that was the Emes, that's, that's Emes Vyatsi, because that's in the daytime. That's when we have clarity. We recognize what HaKadosh Baruch has done for us. But nighttime, when things are dark, when things are chayshich, so then we also have to have the Emunah, we have to have the belief in HaKadosh Baruch that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Oysalon and Nisim and the Kama, just like he did to Paray, and he took us out, that gives me Yamsuf, 
Rabbanu Shalom is with us at all times. And it's very interesting. He went to Rabdaiv Landau before he left America. And he asked Rabdaiv, what should I tell the Yidden in America? Rabdaiv Landau, the great Rosh Hashiva of Slabotka, said, she told them, Ki the way of the Jew is, and this is how we've gotten through the Gauls all the time, is So he said an interesting pshat. If you take a look, you see that those words are said in the Avas Oilam, which we say at night, in the Matzav Emes Vemuna. In the daytime, when we say the Brach of Avarabba, we don't say the words Kehem for sure, we speak about Abbas that we do speak about. But the words, are only mentioned at night. Because the Rabbanishim is telling us that the Torah that we learn at night, and we recognize that the nighttime is not only the nighttime, but it's the Golas. But we continue to learn the Torah. We continue to daven for the Tzibor. And like we saw from all of these great Rosh Hashivas, they felt the pain and suffering of Klai Yisrael. And I think this is incumbent upon B'nai Torah today to recognize no matter where they are, there's no such thing as separation at this point. Anachnu amechad. We daven for all of our brothers and sisters. B'chol mokrem sheheim. Achenu kol beis Yisrael. Hanesunim b'tzor b'shivya. Hamokrem yirachem aleyim. V'yetziyem v'tzor l'irvocha. Nafeva erb m'shivya v'gula. Hashtav agol izman koriv. And everyone should answer the Neymar Amen, which should be Zaycha to Yeshua's Finachamas. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.